Because I want to give you some testimonies of some things about what we've been doing here at Storehouse. Last week I, I um, was doing a little vision casting, and this week I'm going to continue in that vein some because I'm really excited about what the Lord has done, but I'm also excited about what the Lord is doing because we are seriously in a time of, of, of some, some upward mobility and some momentum. And so I'm excited about it. And I want everybody to be excited and, and to, to know, isn't it good to know what's going on behind the scenes? Because the leadership and, and the staff, we hear a lot about what's happening here at Storehouse and in the house, but I really want to share that with you so you can be excited as well and, and really um, you know, grab hold of the, in, uh, the handlebars on this thing because we are truly impacting our city. In, in, in really exciting ways. And, and so when I'm, when I'm talking, here's what I would like for you to do. I would like for you to imagine yourself doing and being connected and a part of this in a way that you really begin to say, wait, this isn't a vision for the house. This is actually a vision that I'm supposed to be a part of. And the reason that I say that is because the word says, Jesus said this, <clears throat> those that are mine, my sheep will hear my voice and they'll follow my voice. They will follow me. And, and so when you hear Christ in the, in, an, in the voice of a shepherd speak and, and you actually hear it and you, and you go, wait a minute, that's, that's my Lord, that's my Lord, and I bear witness to that, and something in me is leaping, and I'm saying yes to it, then you know that it's not just a vision for me or a vision for the leadership, but it's actually yours too. And, that, and we all get to partake and be a part of it because every vision is not for an individual, but it is truly, I believe, this vision is for the city and for the nation. And so... Um, could you put up, Joy, could you put up slide number one? Can everybody just give a hand for Joy? Yeah. I love that woman. She's here early and she stays late. She is tireless and I'm so thankful for you, Joy. Um, okay, number one, storehouse. As I've said to you before, we are an apostolic hub. What we do is we have a wheel within a wheel. The Lord showed me years ago. I woke up, in fact, Lindsay and I were together. We were at IHOP at a conference, and I shot up out of my bed, and I said, Ezekiel 10, Ezekiel 10, Ezekiel 10. And she's like, do you do this every morning? <laughs> and uh, it's the wheel within the wheel. So go to the next slide. We are the wheel within the wheel, and we're that place where the synergy and the heat and the furnace is the prayer room. It's the thing that as we burn in prayer, as we've been doing for 10 years, Hallelujah, we've been doing this in prayer and worship for 10 years in this city. And what we've done is we've been stirring up the waters of heaven over Dallas in agreement with everything we're hearing and everything we're seeing and we're bringing heaven to earth and angels are ascending and descending in this core of this circle, okay? And then all, everything that happens in this place, it gets birthed out of prayer and worship and dreams and visions. And we don't do anything because it's a good idea. We don't do anything because it's like, oh, hey, I have an idea. 
um, you know, let's do this or serve this or do that because we don't want to do good works. We want to do God works. When God births something, that thing has life and it will go and be fruitful and will multiply in the earth. And so we are a house filled with prophets. In fact, it's interesting, several um, people with uh, uh, national and international ministries are now a part of our body and they're very prophetic people. And they, come, they want to come to the well where people know God's name and they hear God's voice. Amen? Um, so I want to talk to you. Keep that slide up because I want to talk to you. Over the past couple of years, we've been establishing the storehouse prayer room. So we've been, um, there are seasons when we've contracted and seasons we've expanded. We're, right now, we're really excited. We've just expanded recently, and I'll get into that in a minute, but... Um, we have the storehouse church um, that we really built in the past seasons. And then we also have EJS. Jeremy has done a great job of leading EJS, of, of helping to expand um, EJS. And he's really worked with the Lord and, and the Holy Spirit and found a form that works in a very short period of time. And I encourage you, if you don't do anything else this summer, do this because this will absolutely 100% transform your life. And so um, he's found a, a, a way of, of transforming an individual in 10 weeks. It's just incredible. I don't know about y'all, but um, the people that have gone through it have received so much freedoms. And a lot of the dreams that were locked up in them have been unlocked. And they're really set free to go out and start achieving these things. Um, We've also had life groups, but thanks to Shelly and Robert White, they are really growing, and, um, and they really have some, because the Whites have brought real leadership to that role. And so I'm so thankful for you guys for stepping in and, and really helping to build um, life, our life groups. I love doing life with people. John and I had, had, we really didn't start to grow. We were just coming to church, you know, and somebody said, because I didn't grow up in the church, you know, but I didn't know what's a life group. I don't know what that is. Um, ooh, you want me to talk to people? Whoa, ooh, I don't want anybody to know my stuff, you know? And so I had a man named Gary Cooper that would come up to me every Sunday, and he would be like, I want you to come to my life group. I want you to come to my life group. I'm like, Dude, what is up with that guy, you know? And so um, I, came, I went to his life group, and I was sitting there with, like, a, a family. I didn't even realize that church could be a family, and they fed me, and they loved me, and they listened to my problems, and they, they helped me. And we all got connected in prayer and the word and, and just learning how to be a disciple. And it was a glorious time, so I really encourage you to get connected. Um, okay, so for this year, I have put the little blue lines for what the Lord's really told us to, to, um, to focus on for this year. Um, in the area of worship, our worship is so glorious. I am so excited about what the Lord is doing. And I just want to, I'm just so thankful that the Lord brought um, Richard and Kristen Hickman to us because they have been such a blessing. They have brought incredible, right, yeah. They have brought incredible leadership to our teams and just the way that they they have a vision for for the worship, they, but they don't just have a vision for the worship, but they're praying over and with all of our um, worshipers and really have a vision and a hope for the things that God are doing in each one of them. 
So we're really exciting. Uh, they have grown our prayer sets in a very short period of time. Um, so we have 6 a.m. prayer sets now. Hallelujah, if you're an early riser. Um, but not just in time have they grown our prayer sets, but in presence. We have seen in the past, oh gosh, what, two months, like a serious uptick in the presence of God in our, in our um, prayer and worship services and um, the live ones. And I'm telling you, it's phenomenal. People are, they're coming in and encountering him and, and weeping. Richard, the other day, uh, his wife had to carry him out. Because, um, you know, I mean, seriously, he could not stand. It was, it was phenomenal. Just the depth and the breadth of God was, was in this room. Whoo, I'm feeling the Lord on that. Um, so if you are interested, you should come. You should come, guys. Dip in the well. I, I want to challenge you. You could actually turn off the TV. <laughs> I'm just saying. You could try it. You know, and this is no peer pressure or anything. I'm not trying to pressure you into taking shots or, or doing drugs. But it's kind of like that. When you come here and you dip in this place, you leave refreshed. You leave energized. You leave with, with fresh ideas, all the problems and the things that have been weighing you down. You leave here going, well, it was so much better than, I don't know, what's a, what's a program on TV? What? Downton Abbey. Oh, yeah, no, that's over, sorry. The Englishman, Downton Abbey. <laughs> he cried when it was over. Yeah. Pray for him. <clears throat> anyway, so I just encourage you to come and join us in here. Um, then uh, the, uh, the Hickmans, they're going to begin to uh, live stream our worship. So what we get to, to drink in on Sundays we're, and Thursdays, we're going to begin to live stream those. Uh, no, don't go forward yet. <laughs> oh, you know what? You were right. Sorry. <laughs> I love you, Joy. I love you. All right, the third thing that the Hickmans are doing, they have begun the process with um, several Bethel producers to come and to make a live recording of our worshipers' original songs at the beginning of 2017. So I'm really excited about that. Now let's talk about our evangelism. Jeff Simons has came on about a year ago and has raised up a strong team of evangelists, and they are hitting the streets daily. And it's really what it's done is it's raised up the water level in the whole house of evangelism. You know, the thing about accessing heaven is you don't want to just access heaven and just sit there and go, oh, that was so good. Oh, I'm having such a good time. Woo, God gave me a vision. I heard the voice of the Lord, blah, 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 blah. And then go out and, 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 you know, do your job and nobody ever knows you're a Christian and whatever. So I love that it's access heaven and transform the earth. And we are just a conduit. We just walk around like an umbilical cord from heaven to the earth. Sorry, honey. John's always like, yeah, that's a great analogy. Anyway. <clears throat> do you have to say that is what he says to me. So anyway, um, so that's really what we're supposed to do is bring life, right? The lifeblood of Jesus to the, to the places where we live and eat and breathe and 
um, waitresses. I, I am challenged by that video. I am going to start running after people in wheelchairs. I'm going to start chasing down people in scooters and grocery stores. I'm like, you're not getting away from me. Come back. I want to heal you. All right, and in our children's, we have Aaron and Julie Richardson, who have virtually transformed the, the Storehouse Children's Ministry in less than three months. All right, so another thing we're doing is we are praying and looking for a new storehouse home. Um, we have loved being here, but it is just time for us to have a home that is our own. I don't know about you ladies, but you got, and, and men, you know, you got to have a place where you can plant some flowers, right? Where you can plant some roots and, you, and, and take the land. And so we are really uh, contending for that. And uh, the, the, the Holy Spirit is really funny. He's going around and he's talking to people about where our home is going to be. And so we're excited that he's doing all the work for us because I hate having to do that, don't you? You know, you're just like, ah, Holy Spirit, you go do it and then I'll just catch. <clears throat> all right, slide number four. Here's what I want to talk to you about today. I am so excited about this. We talked about it on Thursday. Let me tell you something. Seven years ago, the Lord told me, I want you to start the Comenia School for Creative Leadership. And you may be asking yourself, okay, what's that? Now, we have EJS. It's a Bible school. This is an elementary school, which will eventually go all the way to high school. And this is something that he has called our body, our family, to do. And so um, this is exciting. It's, a, it's not a Christian school. It is a kingdom school. Say kingdom school. Kingdom. All right. Do you know what the difference is? Okay. We are not going to be a school that has uh, called a Christian school because we have a Bible class. We are a kingdom school where we will teach our children how to access heaven to transform the earth. We are raising up uh, latter-day apostles so that they can begin to take the seven mountains of influence and transform the earth. We are going to teach them the very best curriculum in the very best way. But I want to tell you a little bit about this because four years ago, the Lord began to say, okay, now is the time. Get ready because begin to watch. When, you know when the Lord gives you a, a vision, then what he'll do is you'll just say yes. And then years later or months later, however long, he will, um, he'll have you uh, begin to watch and when you begin to see the spirit moving, that's when you know it's time for you to start moving. But here's what happens. God never begins to build with money. He always builds with the word. So the word comes and you begin to prophesy the word. And then the second way he builds is he builds with people. Cast the vision, speak the vision out, make it plain so that people can run with it. So then the people begin to gather and the momentum begins to come. And then the third thing he does is he brings the financial resources and the resources that you need to make it happen. Amen. And so we've seen this play out that as I begin to speak the word, people begin to hear the word, just as what I'm saying to you now. And the, the, and the, and the sheep are saying, I hear the voice of my shepherd in that. And I know that I'm supposed to be a part of it. So, uh, and I actually got a dream from a, a woman at IHOP that I don't even know. And she said, I don't know you. 
Um, but I had a dream about you. And in the dream, the Lord said, I want you to give her gold. And, and she gave me the gold and she said, the Lord said, the gold is to buy my children out of slavery. <clears throat> and so I really believe that what the Lord is going to do is he is looking to set his children free from an educational system that has become decrepit and morally uh, corrupt and also just breaking the back of the children's spirits in America. And I think if we love this nation, we've got to know and see and believe that God's got something better for our kids other than bringing them all home. I believe that he's raising up kingdom schools all throughout America, and I know that is a fact, and they're doing it a different way. <clears throat> so my experience, you guys know I have seven kids. John and I have seven kids. And um, yes, hallelujah, praise the Lord. And... Um, what we have seen is a failure in the public school system, um, both morally and academically. Uh, it's like they, they keep trying to add more uh, common core or whatever and come up with, with, uh, with different curriculum, um, thinking that curriculum is the solution. Um, and then the Christian and private situations, we put our kids in the classical models and um, you know, let's teach them Latin. And I was like, I'm sorry, but you've lost your mind if you think my children are going to learn Latin. It's just not going to happen. And I'm, I'm being very honest with you. It just, it's like, it's, you know, dead man's language. Now, if you want to teach them Hebrew or if you want to teach them Greek, that's something different. But, uh, you know, so anyway, so we would spend, um, when Samuel was going to school and our kids were going to school in the public school system, they, it was just like throwing them into a lion's den. And look, I'm all about the light taking over the darkness. But Matthew had a vision years ago, and um, in the vision, the Lord told him, Satan is raising up his fivefold ministry, and he's doing it out of the public school system. But I, I am going to raise up my fivefold ministry. And I believe that these kingdom schools is exactly that. God is going to be raising up his fivefold ministry of these warriors to begin to transform the earth, <clears throat> to make this earth his footstool, his footstool. So, um, so anyway, the, our, the process of all of this for us is we just saw a system that no, no matter where we looked, charter, homeschool, um, uh, private school, the classical model, whatever model, whatever, it was like, man, we're just not seeing anything that is producing true light and true life. Our kids were crying for us to take them out of public schools, and then they were crying when we put them in private schools because they couldn't bear the burden of the weight that they were putting on them. And, they, and, and the private schools would brag and say, well, we're better than everybody else because we're actually teaching your children grades above their, their um, level. And I'm just thinking to myself, what are you doing? There was a great um, TED Talk where a 13-year-old boy um, who was homeschooled, he said that somebody came to him and they asked him, what do you want to be when you grow up? And this young man who uh, is 11 years old, I think 11 or 13, I can't remember, um, he said, I, I want to be happy. <laughs> you know, we don't raise our children thinking, oh, I want, I want them to be a doctor. I want them to be a scientist. 
but we raise our kids with a hope that they will be who God has created them to be, that they will know God and know themselves, which is the cornerstone of wisdom. And so these are the things that we hope for our children. And so I'm so excited um, about this because I believe that what I've seen um, at the Comenia School of Creative Leadership in Fort Mill is a wonderful model for us in how to do this here in Dallas. Um, so who is John Amos Comenius? I'm going to read this briefly, but it is actually fascinating. Uh, Rick Joyner, this is, um, uh, Rick Joyner started uh, the Comenius School of Creative Leadership in Fort Mill, and he actually wrote a lot about John Amos Comenius, who he said he believes is one of the five, he only believes that there have been five geniuses that have ever been born, and he believes that this is one of them. He says this, um, his contribution to science of learning can be traced as a primary cause for the greatest increase of knowledge that has been the hallmark of the past few centuries. And this has had the greatest impact on the march of civilization. And you'll see that before this man came along, that knowledge and the ability to learn was so limited that civilization could not move forward and increase and bless and benefit the people on the earth. He was a Moravian priest, and during that time, he got a download from the Lord. He was actually a mystic, and he believed in prophecies and visions, and, and so he got a download from the Lord. And, um, and what the Lord showed him was this model that he developed. And he actually took it all throughout Europe. And it was incredible the price that the man had to pay. He lost his wife. He lost his, his child. Um, and and his, he was, um, his manuscripts were burned over and over and over. But um, he, and, and, and his experience in school was really harsh. And he called them the slaughterhouses of the mind because he believed that the way that they were training the, a child's mind did nothing more but cause the children to hate books and hate literature. <clears throat> the fuel that prepared his quest for knowledge was the belief that because all things were made through Christ and for him, that Christ could be seen in everything. He contended that all true knowledge would reveal the glory of Christ, declaring that the nature of nature is God's second book. This passion was so contagious that much of the civilized world would be touched by it during that time. Not only did he give birth to modern education, and, but some of the great revivals over the next four centuries could trace their origins to the seeds that were sown by this man. Just a phenomenal man, and it's incredible. He never saw it in his lifetime. He never saw these schools. He never saw the hand of what and, 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 the, and the fruit of what he, his labor, um, but we get to benefit from it. <clears throat> so, in spite of the continuous tragedies and opposition that he faced, he published more than 90 books. His works on education helped to set the course of modern civilization. They gave new life to the church and propelled the modern democratic movements by empowering the common people with knowledge. Here are a couple of things that he did. He was the first to contend for the education of women and children of all classes. 
He taught that everything in nature revealed Christ and that true science would always lead to a greater knowledge of the Creator. He believed that learning was facilitated by using all of our senses to interact with our environment, advocating a curriculum that employed all of the senses instead of just hearing. He taught that the school environment was crucial and the classroom should be bright and cheerful. Since there, uh, there were no, at the time, children would have to read books and they were old English, in old English. There were absolutely no pictures in children's books. And so he wrote a book and it was called Orbis Pictus and it was the number one selling books for hundreds of years. He taught that education was not just the acquisition of facts and knowledge, but the development of wisdom. And here's what I love. He felt that homework was apt to be done poorly and that poor work done is more harmful than no work at all. He was also against homework because he felt that a, a child's time at home could be better spent with their parents. I'm telling you, we are destroying the family structure because our children are falling into bed at night crying because they finished their homework after being in school all day at 12 p.m. a.m. Or later. Those projects, man, I'm telling you, I am, I'm not going to, this is going to be such fruit for this city. This is going to rescue the children of this city. When I first started talking about this, I had an 11 year old come up to me with tears in his eyes. And he said, please, please tell me you're going to have a sixth grade. And I'm like, you know, we have to start small. We're going to start, you know. And so I'm just like, God, move on this. Our kids are crying out for help. They truly are in a prison right now. So I'm very excited about this. Okay, slide number six. So Fort Mill has been teaching students for 10 years, and they have developed their school with the model that Kamini has set forth and with his teachings. They are, here's what they're doing. They're, they are academically outperforming schools in a three-state area in their test scores, okay? And they are only going to school four days a week and they have no homework. Say no homework. You say no homework to a kid and he will drag his parents to the school. And I, Rick Joyner told me, he said, when I say no homework, I mean no homework. It's not a suggestion. It is a policy of our school. If they can't get it done in the eight hours that we're here, we are failing to teach our kids. Based on their school model and the teachings of Comenius, they have produced merit scholars every year. Rick Joyner received an award for excellence in education and a standing ovation by the South Carolina House of Representatives and Senate. They, uh, universities, Harvard University has gone there to see, wait a minute, what are you guys doing? Because you're going to school less time and you have no homework, but yet you're producing these, these merit scholars and your test scores are higher than everyone else. Their kids are actually having fun and they're learning the ways of the Lord and growing in word, prophecy, creativity, love, and the Holy Spirit. 
They are teaching in ways that are so creative and multi-sensory that, 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 that when um, Lori and I went there, we, were, we didn't want to leave. We were like, can we, just, can we just stay and go to school here? <laughs> I, I would like a redo on my school experience because it was so horrific. Um, I'll give you an example. So they were training on ocean currents. They were teaching on ocean currents to a um, fifth grade, sixth grade class. And so instead of just sitting there, blah, 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 look at the board, look at the, you know, blah, blah, blah. They said, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to learn about ocean currents. So we're going to give everybody a bottle. And you're going to put a message in the bottle. And we're going to take these bottles and we're going to throw them out into the ocean on a field trip. We're going to go to the beach. So they did that. And every bottle had an electronic device attached to it. And then they could go home and they could see where their bottles were and the trajectory of their, their bottles in the ocean so they could learn about ocean currents. What? So we go into the science classroom. They're building these hot air balloons that they're going to release because they're going to learn about weather patterns. And it was, a, it was crazy. All the kids were laughing and having fun. They, they were barefoot. They were running around all over the school. They had total freedom to come and go whenever they wanted. They had their cell phones in their rooms, you know? And we were in this one room, and one kid wasn't even paying any attention. And I'm like, what's up with this guy? And the teacher said, oh, he's new. And I said, but he's not participating in any of the, the, the activities of the class. And he goes, no, we don't mandate that. If they don't want to participate, they don't have to. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm manifesting right now. What? <laughs> what about discipline? <laughs> and they said, this is the Comenia School of Creative Leadership. We are building leaders, not slaves. And he said, if they don't, we, we provided the atmosphere and the place for them to learn or to teach them. But, but it's their responsibility to learn. He said, not everybody makes it here because we're looking for leaders. And if they want to engage, and he goes, this kid will eventually engage. He's new. He's manifesting. He doesn't know what to do with all this freedom. Don't you know when the Holy Spirit first comes and, 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 and you're so used to a system of the law that you don't know how to function in the freedom. And so that's what happens when students come, they manifest, 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 and then they begin to get a hold of this life in Christ that provides so much freedom. Their mind begins to get expanded. It's tremendous to watch it happen. And so we were just really blessed when we went there. And one of the things when we interviewed all the kids, they all said the same thing. Now, we got to go throughout the school without anybody following us. They just said, oh, have your way, whatever. Interview whoever. We don't care. There was one room where everybody was learning to prophesy. And um, we went in there, and all the kids were just prophesying over them accurately. Words of knowledge, visions, and then interpreting the visions that they saw. We were just blown away. Um, but the one thing that they all said when we interviewed them, why do you like Comenia School better than the schools that you have gone to? And they said, because of love. Because our teachers love us, our peers love us, our friends love us, and we can't wait to come to school here. It's so wonderful. And so I, I, I'm so excited about this. Again, I know I've said that before, but I'm going to say it another 10,000 times. All right, slide number seven. 
All right, the, one of the things that we began to uh, manifest about, we went to a symposium. There were, there were teachers and principals from all over the world because word is getting out what is happening there and what they're doing. And so we're sitting there with people from, um, oh gosh, Lori, Chicago, California, the Bethel people were there, the IHOP people were there, um, just to glean uh, from, from what they're doing and how they're, how they're producing such excellence. And so every single one of the teachers, we, there was a lady from France, Africa, every single one of them had the very same question. What do you think that question was? What is your curriculum? What is your curriculum? What is your curriculum? What is your curriculum? And then they all, they all, and they all laughed at us. I thought it was a good question. And they said, it's not the curriculum, stupid. It's not the curriculum. Everybody thinks it's the curriculum. They said it's the culture. It's the culture of the Holy Spirit. Don't you know everything grows better in a hothouse? See, we always think it's the what. We always go after the what. We say, what are you teaching them? And they said, no, 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 no. It's the how. Right? It's not about the what. It's always about the how. It's about God's ways. That's the how. And so they, that Comenius, in the, in, as a genius and a man filled with the Holy Spirit, was inspired by God, and he actually tapped into heaven's way of training our children. And he even said, um, well, let me not get ahead of myself. Okay, slide number eight. Sir Ken Robinson and Albert Einstein both quoted the importance of creativity, and they said this, imagination is the source of every human achievement. Did you know that Google no longer hires um, the top classmen and top graduates from Harvard and from a lot of the Ivy Leagues? Because what they found is that they don't play well with others. <laughs> this was written up in the Harvard Business Review. And they said, these people don't have an emotional IQ. They have, they have an intellectual IQ, but they don't know how to dream. They don't know how to use their imagination. Therefore, because they've been so structured and trained to get the grade and to memorize all of the information to do well on a test, that they never actually learned the process of dreaming with God, even if they're not a believer, still you have an imagination. I mean, look at Steve Jobs. He got his through, you know, acid, but, you know, still. How much more then is the Holy Spirit? Thank you, Matthew. Yeah. So I did the math. Your children who are start, uh, starting school this year will be retiring in the year 2078. And if you look back 50 years, you can see how different things were. 
I mean, we, we, 100 years ago, we, 200 years ago, we started developing an educational system to, to develop children and adults for an industrial age. But, the, but the things have changed. We're no longer in an industrial age. But yet we're still training our children for yesterday and not preparing them to live in the world of working for tomorrow. And so it's a broken system. Um, uh, Ken Robinson said this, or Ken Robinson said, American school model was developed by college professors to produce college professors. And you think about it, it's actually true. It's structured, and the only ones that enjoy that activity of school are people who have a teaching gift. The rest of us, the rest of us are like, get me out of this classroom! I have to be a visionary and express myself! See, all children have a capacity, a tremendous capacity for creativity and innovation, and we have squandered it. David White said we are the only species on earth capable of preventing our own flowering. We don't grow children into creativity. They are born that way. We actually grow them out of creativity. The administration of drugs for ADHD has increased 700% in the last five years. So we're drugging our children instead of finding out what is on the inside of them and beginning to pull out what is on the inside of them. So I have a story I want to share with y'all. We're almost done. Hang in there. There is a woman named Gillian Lynn. All right. She was a woman that lived in the 30s. And as a young child, she was very young. She was going to first grade. And her teacher said to her mother, you know, there's something wrong with your child because she can't hold still in class. Now, don't you know that today they would recommend that we, that we uh, give this child drugs? Um, you know, we want you to conform, just get in the system and be a robot in the system and, and just get along with everybody. And so they told the mother, take her to your, she's, she's got to see a specialist, there's something wrong with her. And so she took her daughter to see a specialist and the specialist uh, sat there and interviewed, the little girl sat on her hands during the interview and interviewed her during this time. And so he said to the mother, <clears throat> I want you to step out with me. And they went behind a um, doubled mirror, and, and on the way out, he turned on the, the uh, music, the radio. And uh, as they were on the other side of the mirror, he said, I want you to watch something. And the little girl had her hands, and she's like, moving, she's moving, she's moving. And he said, Mrs. Lynn, your child doesn't need drugs. Your child doesn't need a psychologist. Your child is a dancer. And so she, he said, I recommend you put her in dance class and you get that child moving. If you can get her doing what she is, then I think you'll see you'll get a different child. And so she did. She followed the instruction. And Jillian Lynn became one of the most famous choreographers that the world has ever seen. She choreographed Cats and Phantom of the Opera, and she went on to be a multi-millionaire. And had it not been for that man having the wisdom to see who she was, this world would have lost that talent and that gift. Slide nine. 
We awaken the dreamer and the creative through the right side of the brain. And this is what they do. When you put these children in a situation of worship and prayer and really begin to focus on the art and the creativity, that side of their brain opens up. The right side of the brain opens up. And you can see all of the, I don't know if you can read it, but a lot of the different things like the feelings, nonverbal communication, rhythm, and the tune of songs, that happens on the right side of the brain. And then on the left side of the brain, the things that all of the, that, you know, help us to do life and to teach us in school, they, we actually begin to do better at those because we have a fuller expression of the Holy Spirit driving the bus instead of completely ignoring the right side of the brain and just continually talking to the left side of the brain. Uh, slide number 10. Oh, sorry. Okay. And so, the, the, uh, okay, you got it? You know, you can do that on your phone, Marcus. All right, go to, okay, go to the next one. Um, all right, this is the modes of functioning. This is how, this is basically how it happens, and I don't know if anybody has ever shared this with you. This is something I really... Um, that the Holy Spirit downloaded to me. Um, when you encounter Jesus, when you encounter the word, worship, prayer, love, knowledge, fear the Lord, and your eyes are opened, out of the heart, the mouth will begin to speak. Out of the heart, the, the mind will begin to dream. And then it moves our children into the way that they think and the way that they um, process all of this. And so the way that they reflect the way that they empathize, the way they have passion, their courage, their, their laughter, um, their planning, the way they process, the way they discover, the way they love, the way they're refreshed, then moves them into action, which is then shows them how to connect, how to, they become motivated. They begin to resolve problems based in this, this um, theory. They, they gain momentum, tenacity, pioneering spirit. They begin to gather and multiply and create. These are the things we want for our children. Uh, love is the only emotion that expands intelligence. If we open them up by the spirit in their hearts, guys, I'm telling you, the world is their oysters. All right, slide number 11. To finish, I don't know if we have our video. Do we have our video? Okay, good. Um, to finish, Sir Ken Robinson said this. Now listen carefully. I know we've been here a while, but listen carefully. He said we have to go from what is essentially an industrial model of education, a manufacturing model, which is based on linearity and conformity and batching students. We have to move to a model that is more based on the principles of agriculture. We have to recognize that human flourishing is not a mechanical process. It is an organic process. And you cannot predict the outcome of human development. All you can do, like a farmer, is create the conditions under which they will flourish. Okay, this video that you're going to see, it's about, it's about a minute long. 
but this next uh, video, it was um, produced by one of the Comenia students in Fort Mill. And I wanted you to see it because this young man, when he made this video, um, he was a freshman in high school. And he had been going to Comenia's, you know, from the beginning. And it really impacted me because nobody asked him to do this. Wow, isn't that phenomenal? Anyway, so I welcome you to be a part of the story. I know that uh, we've had a lot of people who have come to really help um, build, and I, I'm excited about that. And so right now we're in the process of, of really starting with pre-K and kindergarten um, classes. We're going to start small and then just watch it grow. And so here's uh, what I want to uh, propose to you. I have, some, um, I have some information sheets here that talk about tuition. We've actually really cut the tuition down pretty low, uh, bare bones it, because we wanted to make it available for all families to participate. And, um, and so 
if you know anybody that has a four or a five-year-old, um, would you just let them know about Comenia School? Maybe take one of these flyers and say, you have to check this school out. It sounds phenomenal. So I just bless you. Let me release you. Thank you so much for staying long. And I apologize we've kept you here so long, but I really wanted to share that with you. So, Father, I do. I just thank you for what you're doing in Dallas. I thank you, God, for the privilege and the hope of having the Comenia School of Creative Leadership in this city. Father, that our children are going to be um, bought. They're going to be, you're taking them out of the prison of the system that the world has created. And Father, you are putting them in the system of the Holy Spirit, that they are going to be kingdom-minded and kingdom-living children. And so we bless you, Holy Spirit, and we thank you.